Today we are told once again an encounter between Jesus and the Jewish religious leaders, the Pharisees. They approach Jesus and ask a very pertinent question. Is it lawful for a husband to divorce his wife? But they knew that Moses had granted them the opportunity to provide a bill of divorce. But then Jesus said, haven't you read about the law? That God created man and woman. And he said the two shall become one and not two. That is the key. Marriage is an institution by God, instituted even from creation. And that is why the church's document, Familiaris Consortium, talks about the fact that no one is an island. God, in his right sense, knew that we all need the support of the family. So the family is a key issue in life. Although we can talk about the world as a big family, but we also have uh, the nuclear family, the husband, the wife, and the children. And that is a very important institution that the writer of Genesis incorporates that into God's creation. That when the Lord created, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, no human being must separate. When the Lord created Adam, and place him in the garden. The Lord realized himself that it's not good for the man to be alone and therefore God decided I'm going to make a suitable companion. The key where there is a suitable companion, not just any companion, not a slave, not a punching bag, but God created a companion for him. And so what God did for Adam and Eve in the garden, and we are told that when Adam saw Eve, he said, at last the bone of my bone and the flesh of my flesh, she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. You could see that joy, that fulfillment in the life of Adam in the garden. And what God did, that the rib he took, forming the rib and bringing that rib to the man, brought about that unity, a symbol of wholeness once again. So the two are one. And what God expected 
and instituted for Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden is exactly what the Lord wanted to be perpetuated. Somewhere along the line, there was the exigency, the necessity for that amendment. But that was not a norm. We have the norm, but some exceptions were made by Moses that you could give your wife a written bill of divorce and dismiss her. Unfortunately, this norm, this uh, exception is rather becoming a norm in our society today. You know, it's interesting, I have a friend, a priest, who shared with me his disappointment. He said, Father, it took me three months to prepare a couple for marriage. And they married for only one week. They married for only one week. Because today, people are thinking more about the wedding rather than the marriage itself. When people want to wed, they want to have their marriage solemnized in the church, you see the enthusiasm giving you a series of calls. Anytime you, you say, I want to meet you, they are there. But they spend most of the time about the planning and who is coming. And if there is a crisis for the date, I tell you, you are in a big crisis. Because that is what matters. We bring our marriage to, to the church and we want Jesus to be part of our marriage. But when we leave the church after the wedding, Jesus is booted out of the marriage. There is no religious significance anymore. You know, at times I watch videos uh, TikTok, on YouTube, on WhatsApp, and social media about wedding ceremony, and I ask myself, where is the solemnity in this solemnization? You know, the noise and the giggling, the shouting that people are making, the noise they are making during the celebration, the type of dancing that is performed during the celebration. And even those of us who are invited, who are supposed to support the couple with our prayers, they are all with their cell phones, uh, taking videos, uh, making cut calls and chit-chatting here and there, instead of the solemnity and the prayer in support of this, it is a social event. And social events end up in the end in a social way. So the sacredness within marriage is gone. Today, we look at marriage as if you go to Walmart and you buy some commodity and when you bring it home and you don't like it, you return it. You have a 30 days policy. That's what marriage has turned out to be. Probably we need some of the old folks who have married for 50, 60 years, 40 years, 30 years to talk to our young ones, share the experiences with them. Nobody will tell you that my marriage was smooth. There are challenges. If you look from afar, you think that, oh, they are a perfect couple, but go into the marriage, it's not like that. But they are making sacrifices and adjustments here and there to make sure it works. Today, people get married, 
and after a few months, they are asking themselves, what is in for me? It's them. It's me. How is this benefiting me? And look, even the young ladies coming, you see their posts on social media, the things they say, if a man cannot take care of my needs, then why do I have a conversation with him at all? And so before they get into marriage, all that they are thinking is a man who is coming to solve all their problems. They are not ready for a man they, they, they can support, a helper, to be able to put something on the table. Somebody they can come together, work together, so as to make a future for themselves. No. They want Mr. Wright and that Mr. Wright is somebody who has a door to be able to provide for them. Sometimes I watch some of these posts, especially from my friends, and I laugh. And at times I reply, I said, is this your conception of marriage? Then I'm afraid that marriage will not last. But Jesus said, whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery. So yes, the church cannot bring about divorce because it's a power belonging to no institution, no human being, but God alone. And that is till death do as part. But then he said, and he divorces and marries another. He has committed adultery. What about if the woman has been turned into a punching bag? What about if the woman's life or the vulnerable, the one who is vulnerable's life is at stake here? That is why the church allows separation. But separation does not mean divorce. It doesn't mean that I'm separated and therefore I can marry another person. As soon as you make that move, that leap, that is adultery. That's what Mark is talking about today. Life is sacrosanct. Life is something that is important to God. And so we cannot compromise life for marriage. And listen to this carefully. He said the two shall be one. As soon as you use your wife or husband as a punching bag, as soon as you threaten the life of the other partner, you have brought already separation. The two are not one again. It takes only someone who has a mental problem to torture himself, to threaten his, to take his own life. Anybody with a clear mind and a right sense of mind will never think of suicide or never think of torturing himself. So if you begin to decide to torture the other, what is happening? You have already brought about separation because the other is no more part of you. You see the other as a separate entity. But marriage is supposed to be to bring people together as one. Let us pray that families going through challenges and difficulties, 
will find solace in the Lord. And that the Lord our God will grant them the grace and the strength, the wisdom, the humility, the understanding to work things out and to honor the sanctity of marriage, the sanctity of life. Amen.